0: I love the smell of rapam in the morning, like... Victory!
1: G'day listeners, welcome back to Full Metal Movie Reviews, it's your host Sam Boy, and this week we've got a nostalgia fest for you. Listeners, I'm not sure if how old you are, or or uh, when you grew up, or what, what age you got into movies, but let me take let me take you down a quick uh, memory lane trip. So, in the 90s, there was a genre, a particular genre, of... Uh, I guess you say action films that focus exclusively on plane hijackings and I guess um, sort of defeating terrorists and doing it for the US of A. Now, this was before September 11, and funnily enough, I don't think there's been many plane hijacking movies since. But we're talking a plethora, and it started around the late 80s and kind of came to the zenith in the mid 90s. So this week, we decided to talk about two of probably the best. I guess, um, anti-terrorist hijacking uh, films. Uh, The Kurt Russell vehicle executive decision and the Wesley Snipes classic passenger 57. With me is a man who does not negotiate with terrorists. He's a man. He's put his body on the line numerous amount of times. Not sure. Not in an airplane. I'll give you that. But on the mean streets of Virginia. He's a man with a plan. Ant, how are you?
0: Very well, Sam. You see, I've been thinking about this podcast, and we need to make an executive decision (laughs) on whether or not I'm the co-host or the host with the most. (laughs) And also, I'm Steven Seagal, and I'm dead in the first 20 minutes of this pod. Yeah! Yeah, I'm good, man. How you going?
1: (laughs) I'm great. I'm great. Um... Now we grew up at the same time. Do you remember this genre, funnily?
0: Oh mate, do I remember this genre? Funnily enough, um, I actually was you know running through a couple of things in my head before the podcast, and I was going to talk about how um, uh, you know Wesley Snipes at the beginning of the movie, his brother gets shot out of the plane after it gets hijacked, and then he has to go on a parachuting thing, and then I realized, that's another movie. There was that many of these movies that were out, and that felt. Yeah, drop zone. Yeah, drop zone. It, it felt like they all starred the same three people. Oh,
1: dude, it's um, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. So the, I guess the genre all kicked off with Delta Force, which I think came out in eighty eight. I could be wrong. Uh, or eighty six. There you go. I am wrong. Um, you're wrong. Then it went to I guess Passenger Fifty Seven was kind of the first one with a commercial jet. Yeah. And then um, Executive Decision and the Con Air, but that was a I guess the uh, prison jet. Um, what else did you have? And then you had the, yeah, drop zone. And I want to say there's another one that I'm missing.
0: But even then, yeah, you're probably missing something, but even then, you know, around that time as well, if it wasn't a plane getting siege. Oh, um,
1: a... with Harrison Ford, uh, Air Force One. Air Force One.
0: You yeah. Go. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, if yeah. it wasn't a plane getting siege, it was a boat, it was a, uh, a bus. Um, it was your, <laughs> You know, your best friend's snack bar. You know, like, there was always something in this era of very late 80s to mm. early to mid-90s. Mm-hmm. There was something getting sieged, you know. And mm-hmm. then that, that's fine, because what they ended up producing was dumb, fun action movies that are still watchable to this day. You know, even though, yes, everything airport security-wise has changed. But they're still fun to watch. And, yeah... I'm just gonna end it with a fuck yeah.
1: I mean, they've also done like horror films um, set on an airplane, but I think to me, what makes his genre so good is the fact that you've got to have one, you got to have the good protagonist, you know, alpha male um, lead man. Two, the terrorist has to be well acted uh, and believable. And three, the action, you gotta have a blowout scene where the hole, <laughs> there's a hole in the plane and someone blows out of it, okay? You just gotta have it.
0: There's always, always a hole in the plane. Always. Always. <laughs> <laughs> always. Actually, Passenger 57, do they have, have a hole in the plane?
1: Nah, it's because a plane lands and then they jump off the plane. Yeah, and see,
0: that's what see I get confused with drop zone. It I honestly feel like that was the exact same movie.
1: Uh yeah. I mean does snakes in a plane have a hole of a, have a, a bor- Snakes in
0: a snakes in a plane has a hole in a plane. Yeah. Uh, that and that is snakes in a plane snakes on a plane, that's um that's definitely one I would love to pod, but I know not one you would love to pod.
1: Hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. Looks like it's a. Uh... Yeah, I'm not into snakes. The plane. Sorry, I was just reading about plane plane jacking hijacking movies, and we've got a Liam Neeson. I didn't realize Liam Neeson made a plane plane hijacking film. non-stop. Look, Never knew that. Huh. If it,
0: actually, I've seen that one. But if Liam Is Neeson, no, no, nah, nah, that's alright. It's a Liam Neeson movie. It's Liam Neeson on a train. Liam Neeson on a plane. Liam Neeson in the snow. Liam Neeson, you know, finding the glow. It's a Liam Neeson movie, you know. Something happens to him, he's gotta you know, kill some bad guys and save some people.
1: Alright, well maybe we'll do it in uh in a I guess we'll review each film in what do you want to do, chronological order? What's your favorite film? I mean Passion fifty seven came out first. Oh uh,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean I don't think we need to spend too long
1: <laughs> reviewing okay.
0: Passenger fifty seven or <laughs> executive decision, but uh, let's go for it.
1: Alright. So Passenger fifty seven. Yeah. came out in 1992 okay it had a decent cast well Wesley Snipes and Tom uh, Seismel. Wesley Snipes at the time was a mega star I mean most kids probably won't know who this guy is today but um in the 80s and 90s he was fucking gold so he, he's um to give you context of the type of uh uh Type of uh, hits he's coming off of. He did Major League. He was massive in that as Willie Mays, um, King of New York as a drug dealer. He was also very good in that New Jack City. Um, personally, I don't like New Jack City, but that's one of his sort of cult, um, not cult. I guess one of his hits. Uh, but also, most importantly, 1992 he had the had the. Um, I think it was Oscar nominated. I'm not sure, but White Man Can't Jump with Woody Harrison.
0: Ooh, I love that movie.
1: Which is, yeah, no doubt. It's like one of the best, best films. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't, I don't want to put it in the genre I just feel like it was one of the best films. I don't it's know if great, you got, it's great
0: movie. It's a good movie. I don't know,
1: yeah, maybe didn't get any awards, whatever. But that was a big hit, right? So the same year as that movie comes out, he rips out this one, Passion of Fifty Seven. So Passion of Fifty Seven. I'm not going to give you a plot synopsis because the plot is so dumb. It's really hard to understand as well. <laughs> like, logically, he gets on a plane because he's agreed to help his mate out. And his mate is running some, I don't know, airline, which is like crazy, that one-man airline. And, and um plane gets hijacked. But the, and the plane has to fly to a um, specific airport to get the terrorist on board to get the yeah the terrorist on board. Um, then he gets off the plane, but then he gets back on the plane, <laughs> and um, that threw me off so much. Yeah, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> like, um,
0: why did that happen? <laughs> just yeah. just to introduce like more characters in this short runtime of a movie as well.
1: Oh, dude, <laughs> so, it's it's very so- like. Yeah, it's I don't know. It tries <laughs> too hard. This the story. Just,
0: just this, sorry, I know, I know. I'm throwing you off here, but the the freaking is it the sheriff or whatever? But mm. those country cops, like, ah. Uh, sorry. Anyway, go on. I'm sure we'll talk about it. I'm just crying I think there's laughing the right double
1: now. turn of um, Vincent. Um, who is a henchman of the terrorist, and I don't know. Cutler has to. Cutter has to fucking. He kills him, then he jumps back on the plane to fight Rain. Um, but then. No, there is a blowout. Yeah, there is. I remember at the end blowout. The plane window blowout. And the cabin loses all its air pressure. And then. Oh, yeah, yeah but I don't, right. I'm not sure if anyone gets actually sucked out of the plane. Uh, but he does. No, he does, because he kicks him out, because the door opens. That's right. Yeah, he does. Oh, my God. I God. I, I haven't rewatched this. I didn't rewatch this. So I just. Yeah, the, right big, the big bad
0: guy. Yeah, mate, look. I, I watched it like a week ago. Oh. I can't remember what happened. So don't stress.
1: Yeah, and he hero wins the day. So it's like you are kind of just watching it for Wesley Snipes. It's, um, I guess, one of his most iconic roles because he has that tagline, "Always bet on black." Like it's, you know what I mean? It's uh, it's the urban fucking diehard. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's. It, it has that panache of that street cred.
0: It's Wesley motherfucking Snipes. And that's it. Now, this is it, 100% in its prime. Sam, this movie, budget of 15 million, made 44 million in the United States. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. This it's movie. A, yeah, it's a big return. Um, and it,
0: just literally, it would have been for Wesley Snipes. Because mm-hmm. there's nothing else in this movie that is worth 44 million.
1: Yeah, well, I gotta say, like, the, the guy. Um, My man, now that that I've said about White Man Can't Jump, I I I wish we'd do that. (sighs) Damn. All right, ladies (laughs) and
0: gentlemen, we're shifting this review into White Man Can't Jump. (laughs) (laughs) Hold your seats. We're bringing this circle jerk all the way around.
1: It's such a good movie. Like, it's so phenomenally good. Um, Fuck, what was I going to say? Oh, the villain. That's it. The villain, Rain. Um, He isn't Islamic terrorist. Like, refresh my memories. He's just a bad guy, right?
0: There's some british dude
1: yeah so he's like just
0: like a legit bad dude though like he mm. gives bad guy vibes obviously because he's playing a bad guy but um i think he's just like he keeps bringing up his father Again, mm. this is literally a bad guy with daddy issues pretty much
1: mm. Mm. who's so, a terrorist I, it's kind of modeled after Die Hard, which came out in 88 so this comes out in 92 uh i think warner brothers doing did this one so pretty much the same studio so like it's not you know, a white villain, white villain. That's not. You know, I guess they fine, that sort of. It's pretty much just diehard, but with a plane, right? Um. I find that the. It does lose a bit of steam, so when the stakes, you think the thickness stakes are meant to be escalated, it's kind of like, huh. And I know you said it's only like a short runtime, but for me, this is this feels like a. It a felt move. forever. I, I did think, not, especially the first twenty minutes. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, dude, I, when the movie was done and dusted, I, I thought I was sitting on the couch for, like, five hours. I I got up, and I was like, wow, it was a long-ass movie. And then I looked at the time, and I'm like, wait a sec. And I went back and paused the credits or whatever, and it was, like, at 89 minutes or whatever it was. And I'm like, wow. The movie, you're right, loses steam. 100% it loses steam as soon as they land the plane for the first time. It just, it just completely just comes to a stop needs more snipes definitely needed more snipes
1: like but, but like it gave us such a weird intense background of how um uh Carter was the nice snipes character lost his wife yeah um, and like I mean, yeah like this, all this really for a movie that's made in the 90s a lot of really a lot of like just I guess you'd see them as tropes now but it's like why is this relevant now <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he's like... <laughs> because he's a he's a conflicted hero,
0: man. You know, I lost my wife. It wasn't your fault, Cutter. Gotta stop blaming myself. Man. Always bet on black. You know what I mean? Like, 100%. It's <laughs> yeah, just but, to give, give more mean, sympathy to the character. Give him a background, man. Maybe
1: if the climax was in another fucking convenience store and he was, like, having to get yeah. past that trauma and it was about fucking it didn't make sense acceptance <laughs> and, and and just sort of accepting trauma and you know working through trauma and fucking you know i get that sort of logic of the backstory but like who cares if his cunt's married or not just have him single who cares anyway it's uh, yeah didn't work and i find the <laughs> um i find the fight scenes with whereas they are probably i mean very much of the time i guess but they're, they're not bad Is he trained? He's he's a martial artist, isn't
0: he? Yeah, he's a martial artist. Um, So I believe it was the Blade or Blade 2, I can't remember, Um, audio commentary, but it was listing off all of his Uh martial arts. He's doing martial arts from a young age, but black belt, taekwondo, um, uh, like uh, kung fu, boxing, um, and then I think he's got some jujitsu. Yeah, he's got well well-defined background in martial arts. And I'm really happy because some of these Wesley Snipes movies, like the one that I keep mentioning, um, Drop Zone, you know, they hide his martial arts a bit. He doesn't always portray the action, which is fine. I mean, I guess he didn't want to be typecasted or whatever. Um, but in this one, they, they let him kick some ass. So I was pretty happy with that. Every time Wesley Snipes hit that sidekick, I was just like, yeah! You know, fucking love it, man.
1: Yeah, he's got a sweet sidekick. That's what he's kind of known for, There's that fucking kick. I remember sweet. that in Blade, he did that kick and he did that whole leg thing. No, oh, is that John Claude Van Damme. i not really confused.
0: Whatever, man. You know what? He keeps the
1: leg vertical.
0: No, that's Van Damme. Yeah, Van Damme. Snipes has... Snipes, Van he, can get Dan- get oh, he can get some switching
1: music. He can get some switching music.
0: Oh, he can get some sweet chin, but it's like, it's violent and it's so crisp and beautiful. It's just like, pow! I would love to see Wesley Snipes and Michael Jai White go at it in a movie. So, I know you're out there B grade movie producers listening to this podcast getting ideas, make it happen. Or even fund it. Fuck it. Bring them down to Australia. Let's make it happen. Fund it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I imagine it'd be cheap. I mean, they both make pretty cheap movies now, so. No, that's true.
1: I mean, yeah. Like
0: a hot true. dog, hot dog in a packet, M and M's or something. That's what I was thinking. The budget, you know. Uh,
1: what else? What else? What else? Um, I guess the weird de the facto love interest, um. Uh, what's her name? Uh, she, she, Marty. Um, the kind of sister's cutter. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah Marty, uh, that's it. Do you get that? I don't know. I I probably don't get that sort of connection or relationship much.
0: It just kind of has to um, kind of has to be there because that's one of the things that you know they established it at the beginning. He smooth talk in the yeah. uh, the yeah. security or whatever checkpoint lady and. You know, but he's got his whole, you know, he's married type of deal, and and then, uh, yeah, you know, they got to have some sort of love interest, which will carry over into our next movie afterwards. But you know, there's always got to be one.
1: What did you? Okay, I'll tell you one thing that is revolutionary for the time, 1982. Um, the female henchwoman, who is played by none, none other than a young Elizabeth Hurley.
0: Loves her. Sabrina. Yeah. You know what, I, Sam, I don't think I've actually seen this movie before, because while it was very um, obvious to me what was happening, it was it was all new, like, I don't think I've seen it before. Maybe once when I was a kid, but um, obviously I saw her coming, you know, she was definitely going to be a bad guy because of her British accent, and she gave it away, did a bit of foreshadowing, but I think she was really good, and I'm really happy that she just didn't die at the end, like, she just got arrested. You know, I almost see a series of spin-off movies where she escapes, you know, prison and then she's the big bad on the plane or something. But uh, I thought, she, yeah, she did a really good job. Very menacing. I liked it. And I loved it. I loved her interaction with that little kid at the at the beginning as well. But I thought that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think she um, uh, definitely sort of gives sort of a bit more substance to the movie. Um Ah, uh, look, we, we're, we're trying to dissect a uh, uh, cheap sort of popcorn flick here, but, I mean, the reason why we're doing it is, I guess, I don't know. It is some... It has some cool things in it. Um, so, Phones, give me some of your best hits. What do you love about this, this film? What do you like about this film?
0: All uh, right. Other than the fact that, you know, i got to remind myself that they're not doing any extreme jumping out of a plane, parachuting stuff. Um, what I like... No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I really... My favourite moments of this movie, um, anytime Snipes is kicking somebody, is always good. Um, we just mentioned her, the female henchwoman. Um, amazing. And um, I love, not for a good reason, I guess, but those country cops, because I also love, at the very end, how they just kind of like, they first were against Wesley Snipes' character, because they're like, he's got to be a bad guy, and they're just trying to, you know, protect their little airport and their little community and they're not listening to him. And then all of a sudden John Cutter just kicks all their asses. Then the FBI agents who have never been introduced before, but come in as like, they don't even know John Cutter. They just kind of like know of him. Like all of a sudden they come in and they're like, let go of that man. Do you know who he is? And then they all just become best friends. And there's like this little bit of banter for like the five minutes or whatever, between the characters. It's like, that's my wife's gun. I better get that back. It's like, why are you carrying your wife's gun? Aren't you, like, a cop? Is there any reason why you're like, oh, you know what, today, honey, I'm going to take your gun? (laughs) And I just love... But I love that, because I love that, you know, movies today, I think, (sighs) like, try and overcomplicate simple premises, you know, I would love... You know, there to be just a movie where it's like, oh, they're going to hijack something and, you know, someone's going to come in and they know martial arts, but they're a cook and they kick everyone's ass. And, you know, you've got cheesy characters and that character was just so cheesy, but I loved that bit of banter, man. Loved it. Even though it was pointless and didn't elevate the plot, it was, it was pretty good. What, did, what about you, Sammy? What did you think?
1: Uh, okay, so, where's his life? That's the one number one. Um, this is the first film I remember seeing, v- remembered vividly watching it on Channel 7, Channel 9, movie of the night on Saturday night. Um, it's a pretty good film, um, from that, so, so from that perspective, like, it was just sort of, uh, pulls on the heartstrings of my, uh, remembering my youth. Um, I, I remember once watching it distinctly at my nonna's, um, you know just like family dinner for some reason whatever and just everyone's all the men are in the lounge watching this movie um it's it's relatively um engaging um not really by today's standards um but it's action is it's it's okay i mean i remember at the time being pretty um Pretty like uh, jaw dropped at the um at the sniper twist when the sniper turns out to be the guy's mate, the range mm. mate, and I was like, oh, well, what the fuck? And then I was like, oh, how you know? And then I guess the oh, how is a cutter going to get back on the plane to fucking stop the terrorist? <laughs> yeah, you know. All right, it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, I feel like rain. Wasn't that good of actor though? I've you know having rewatched it as an adult, um, I can't remember the guy who played Rain. Sorry, I just I, I just like feel that sort
0: Pain. of
1: like, Do you feel like you know that like 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 a, a good and um protagonist needs a, a very strong antagonist? Yeah, it's you're like right. wrestling, you know. You know you need you know a uh, uh, a baby face is only as good as the heel he faces. You know you, you need the hero, you need the villain. It's classic storytelling. Um, that dichotomy, um, that chemistry, and I don't really—if I have to give a bit of a grip, i don't really feel that of rain. Um, no. but I like Wesley Snipes a lot. It's probably like my awakening to Wesley Snipes is um. So from this movie, so white men can't dance. I can't jump, sorry, and they can't dance either. um Passage fifty-seven, and then you go to Demolition Man in ninety-three. Um, Money Train, 95. Fuck, Money Train's another good film. I don't know why... We're Money, Money
0: Train. About. Oh my God, let's do Money <laughs> Train. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Full Metal Flashback. Right now, we're going to go into
1: Money Train. Um, uh, and then I would probably say U.S. Marshals. The U.S. Marshals is a fucking sick sequel to, um, uh, shit. That Was that Harrison Ford movie? Um... Fugitive. Yeah. Fug- I'll say it's not a sequel. It's a spin-off. But US Marshals. It's it's a good film. Fucking good film, that one. Um, and then you pretty much go to Blade in 98. And then you're like, Blade is like, wow. That's probably like, still is one of my favorite comic book um, movies of all time. Um, and then like, that's kind of like when you're in that peak. You know when you're just in a... You're a young teenager, and just in the you're in the stride of your pubescence, and you're just loving life, and you just see all these cool action films, and mm. you just want to like, you just want to be Wesley Snipes. You just fucking see Wesley Snipes. You're like, I oh, mean, he's a cool dude. I wish I was like Wesley Snipes. So this you is know,
0: like, I had a leather jacket.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wish I could say always bet on black, but I mean always bet on. Always, you can't say
0: olive. That. Bet on, bet on olive. Always bet on olive. <laughs>
1: always bet on uh, Mediterranean. <laughs> uh, <laughs> always
0: bet on the meatball.
1: Yeah, always bet on the meatball. So that's what I was, I mean, I guess because it was the first sort of film that introduced me to Wesley Snipes. So that's why I like it. It's um not the best, but it has that sentimental reason. Um and what and it's one of those things that if you just want to see a good film for eighty minutes or whatever. 90 minutes, where one thing goes for. It's something you just put on a Sunday night, kick your feet up, just watch start to end. Don't think too much, don't have to worry too much, and you, you're guaranteed to have you know an, an enjoyable time. It's not it's not highbrow art, but at the same time, it's a good film, and and that's why I kind of wanted to do this an executive decision because for the rain reason of the two lead actors. So, um... Oh. Oh, sorry. I just
0: remembered one more part where that lady confused him with Arsenio (laughs) Hall. I thought that was that was definitely coming up. That was definitely a timely joke. So you know, for anyone listening to this, if you go watch this movie and you're like, I "I don't get that joke,
1: Arsenio Hall. No, I never knew who that was. Like, like... oh,
0: yeah. Well, we wouldn't know because we didn't get Arsenio Hall really. What do you mean? Was he an actor? He was an actor, but no, he was more known for his talk show.
1: Oh, he had a talk show? Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 that's what I mean. He even had... He even had uh, when go. they made Friday the 13th Part 8 and they went oh, to Manhattan, geez. he had Jason Voorhees, full makeup, Kane Hodder, full makeup, everything, come on his talk show. It was freaking hilarious. Um, yeah, right. So, you know, go YouTube some Arsenio Hall clips. He had a pretty funny show. Um, oh, okay, I didn't
1: know that. I always thought he was just an actor. I thought he was in... Um, what was that? that? Coming to America.
0: Yeah, he's in uh, Coming coming to America and funny enough, uh, both Wesley Snipes and... Um, Arsenio Hull coming to America, the sequel,
1: um,
0: mm. in post-production right now, according to IMDb. Um, but um, no, he had a talk show, and that's where the joke came from with uh, that lady, um, you know, confusing with Arsenio Hall, And I thought that was pretty funny, because I definitely sometimes couldn't tell the difference between Arsenio Hall and Wesley Snipes, because they definitely looked alike, especially in their prime.
1: Well, um the thing I would also mention to cap off and passion fifty seven is that so Wes Slides pretty much released two films a year from nineteen ninety to fucking two thousand oh ten right or two thousand eight sorry yeah so, two uh,
0: thousand eight came to a screeching halt
1: <laughs> so this guy was putting out films some good some not so good like I don't really. I've seen Drop Zone, but I don't really remember it, to be honest. Um, And Two Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Numa, is my missus loves that film, and I've seen it, but it's not a good film. It's not a good film. Um, so, like, I'm not saying everything he did was a hit, but you put his 90s ca- action catalogue against any other 90s action star bar Arnie Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone, and you're pretty <coughs> much going to get, like, you're gonna see his credentials. I mean, his filmography uh, '90s action star superstar. Like, I mean, like I said, there's only probably two that are higher: Sylvester Stallone and, and Arnie. Um, and Arnie only really gets a pass in the in the '90s because of T2, which was made in 1992. But his '90s isn't that great. Um, even even Sylvester Stallone's '90s, when I think about it, isn't that great either. You're not gonna die. What's the one? Stop on my Mom will shoot? I'm pretty sure that's like ninety one. I don't know.
0: Yeah, stop oh my god, that's Honestly, definitely one. Yeah. That's <laughs> definitely one we will never um, ever cover. No, that's yeah. even ladies and gentlemen, that's a movie even I wouldn't sit through.
1: 'Cause it so can like and, and you could just get that context <laughs> that I mean he probably collects everything, by the way. He <laughs> collects everything. And I and
0: I have seen Stop On My Mom Will Shoot. Right? Yeah, like yeah. and and it's just not yeah, not not a movie that
1: Nah. that's what I mean. Just going from major league to fucking every year to having a one good film, always at the forefront. Like he was a superstar in the nineties, so that's why I like it. And I wish he had a bit of acting in this film, but he doesn't. But I guess okay. So maybe so, we'll jump. We'll jump onto the next film, then. Eh? Oof, um,
0: yeah. oh man, this movie. So oh.
1: I mentioned previously that I wanted to talk about um, the reason why I wanted to talk about these two films, it's besides the connection of the theme is the lead actors and the lead actors both being charismatic men who i would say i'm both fans on and i would say had stellar stellar um 90s uh and i would say is bona fide action credentials and this is the um executive decision came out in 1996 starring Well, I guess he was a co-star because the actual star was Steven Seagal, which we're not talking about that bum. We're we're talking about the one and the only Kurt Russell, the K-Man. Kurt Russell! All right, so we'll get into the whole fucking uh, switch and swerve of, uh, you know, them killing Steven Seagal off early in the movie. But let's go just to talk about his um, filmography. So in the 80s, yeah, sure. uh, Kurt Russell didn't really have a lot of hits like he had a lot of cult hits Escape from New York The Thing um, Big Trouble in Little China uh,
0: Tango and Cash yeah
1: Big cult, 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 cult. I cult. guess I guess he didn't really have a lot of mainstream hits well, he was always doing movies like, I mean Overboard was a fun movie Tequila Sunrise yeah that, that stinks a bit but um <laughs> in the 90s is when he kind of made a bit more of a pivot to mainstream um i guess just mainstream action so uh so 1991 we get backdraft that was a, i just remember ever talking about backdraft that was a fucking massive hit yeah, um man. captain ron do you remember captain ron no nah. okay captain ron dude <laughs> um, but 1993 we get tombstone now, this is probably, I wish we should have done, we could have done Tombstone. I know, Phony, uh, you don't like westerns, but I'm a big fan of the genre. But Tombstone is is a fantastic action film, and it has a great performance of Val Kilmer as, um... Uh, Bill, uh, pa- oh, Bill Paxton. Oh, Bill Paxton. Yeah, so Bill Paxton, it's got the dude from Roadhouse. Charlton Heston
0: as well. Wow, yeah. Sam
1: Elliott. Sam Elliott, yeah. It's got, it's, it's a good movie. Have you seen Tombstone?
0: Michael Bain. Um, yeah, you know what? I, I think I have seen it but not. I'll have to rewatch because it it's not the one I remember. I would Michael
1: have seen it. So Michael Bain faces off against Doc Coletto. Um it's fantastic. Again, that's another film that we're gonna do. It's it's probably one of it's one of my favourite Westerns and one of my favourite um uh John uh, John Carpenter, um, Kurt Russell films. And then you go into uh Stargate, which is came out in ninety four, right? And that was fucking Pretty fucking sweet, and then you got Executive Decision, Escape from LA, which, funnily enough, I hate, and I'm not sure I can't speak for you but whether you hate it or like it. Sorry, but, sorry,
0: man, I tuned out. What was that? Escape from was that <laughs> Escape from LA?
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 what a shit movie. Um, but it actually has more recognition than Escape from New York. Um. Uh. <laughs> and then you've got not recognition as be- as a better film, but I guess um, because it came out in the nineties, I don't know. And people don't we're, know. Play, we're playing we're playing Broforce
0: the other day, and when Kurt Russell's character came up, mm. I said, "Oh man, it's the Escape from L.A. version of Snake Plissken with the freaking glider and the uh, the um, the leather jacket and stuff?" Oh, mm. yeah. you know, I was upset.
1: So And then forget. you got, um... Oh, fucking Soldier was a terrible film. Yeah, um, it wasn't good. That was um wasn't. Paul W.S.N. Paul yeah, yeah. Um, right. But, basically... He's got some good films in the 90s, right? Probably, you know, he could probably start, say, his sort of action career kicked off with Tango and Cash, which is just a bizarre film. Um... Like, absolutely, from start to finish, makes great, no sense. Great yeah. soundtrack, though. Ba-dee-ne-ne, ba-dee-ne-ne, makes no sense, that film. Um, it's a walking... It's, it's like a walking one-liner, pretty much. Everyone's just saying one-liners. Um, yeah, so a cop good. that has a stop and is, is like... Rich, uh, and let's not go there. Anyway, so let's talk about 1996 Executive Decision. So, Executive Decision is, for me, the infinitely superior film... Because of a couple couple key differences, okay. So it comes out four years later, but think also made by Warner Brothers. Um, but this film has a very different take on the whole um, terrorist takeover. So it's the, think about it, phones. This is the first film where we get webcams. <laughs> like think about nine oh six, we have webcams, people talking through the internet with the camera. We get GPS. Uh, We also get um, the cool technology of using the stealth bomber to fly up to the plane to open the hatch to then send all the guys in. Uh, We get those cool cameras that the SWAT team use. But I guess the film, the emphasis of the film is that the lead actor who hasn't seen action, who is just meant to be a pen pusher in Washington orchestrates this uh, operation on the plane uh, when the lead captain, I think he's a captain, Steven Stegalk's character, dies... um, Colonel. Colonel, he's a Colonel. Dies when they try to um, uh, board the passenger jet uh, 747. I'm not going to have the plot synopsis, but phones... Do you like this film? What is your feedback on this film? Tell me about your thoughts on this film. Yeah,
0: it's good. There we go. <laughs>
1: um,
0: nah, look, it's it's long. Um, I'll give it that. It probably could have cut out a bit. Um, see,
1: I don't... See, here's the thing, right? I don't think this movie <laughs> meanders like the other one. Like, I think...
0: Oh, uh, I think it does. <laughs> they spend a bit of time mucking around with that bomb and then, like, kind of just in the ducks avoiding people and then all of a sudden Kurt Russell's like yeah you know what I think I'm just going to shoot the guy now and then comes out and then just turns into like a big chaotic you know hit in the face it's
1: because he has to make the executive decision
0: uh, is that family guy where they're like he says the name of the movie like, you know when they say the name of the movie in the movie mm. he's sitting there it's like executive decision and, uh, yeah, anyway um, I popped for that uh, yeah, look, I mean, you you think it's good I, with the runtime or whatever. I think, yeah, it definitely could have cut out a little bit. But, uh, I mean, look, it's serviceable. It's good. I, I just kind of want to talk about the Stephen Skull shit. But,
1: anyway, go on. I'll jump in. Go crazy.
0: I'd like – um. so, I, I remember this movie when it came out on VHS because mm-hmm. this was back in the day where if a movie didn't come out in the cinemas – you would have to wait for it to come out on uh, Blockbuster on VHS and you would go get a new release but there wasn't such thing as internet spoilers Um, you know you might have your mates talking about it but you're not on Facebook where people were spoiling movies you know for a movie to get spoiled if you haven't seen it it's got to take a bit of effort so I remember Dad this was a dad movie you know he got it in Friday night like we would go to Blockbuster get I think there was either seven weeklies we would get or, you know, get two new releases and two weeklies, whatever. So this was the dad movie. Got it. Put it in. We're all watching Executive Decision. And I remember Steven Se- Seagal getting sucked out of the plane. And my dad like, What? What the? <laughs> this Steven Se- what? <laughs> the- oh, my God. They killed Steven Seagal. And then, I kid you not, there was like a family thing going on. Um, like, you know, the, uh, the next, it felt like, you know, whatever, the week after or whatever, you know, it might've been the next day. I don't remember. I was seven years old when this movie came out. And, um, I remember him talking to my uncles aunties or whatever. He's like, I was watching that executive decision and you're like, oh, Steven Seagal is a big star. And then he's dead. It just killed him. <laughs> and <laughs> that, that shock, like really cemented that moment you know in that movie like just how big of a shock that was but sam so when i rewatched this for this podcast i took all my effort to actually look at the opening credits right because i'm like i know steven Seagal was on the um the promotional material mm-hmm. i know they used him throughout to the marketing the trailer and everything because obviously it's going to be a swerve so I'm looking at the opening credits, and I see, you know, Kurt Russell's got top billing before the title. Kurt Russell, boom, executive decision. Ah, cool. Halle Berry, all right. Oliver Platt, yeah, cool. Uh, John, uh, Johnny Legs, John Leguizamo, yep, sweet. Um, and then all of a sudden, like, it just keeps going, 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 going. The dude from Terminator 2, whatever. Uh, the guy from The Thing. And I'm like, Shit. And then it just goes into the movie, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" Steven Seagal wasn't on any of the credits. There was no "with Steven Seagal," including Steven Seagal. So I actually rewound (laughs) or went back and watched that again. So I'm like, "Man, if only I would have been around." Like, like obviously I was there. I watched it when it came out. But Hmm. if only I could remember what that. You know, if anyone actually if that was something people brought up, because I don't remember anyone bringing up the fact that Steven Seagal wasn't in the opening credits. Is that something you noticed? No. <laughs> nah, see, that's what I mean. Like, they pretty, much, they pretty much said it straight to your face. He ain't
1: going to be in the movie long. I'm not that perceptive, <laughs> no. Um, it's so good. It's it wasn't that dramatic best... for me. Uh, I, I, I personally don't really like Steven Seagal. Is it because uh... he
0: talks like this and runs like a girl? Well, or...
1: Well, I, I don't know. I don't think he's had that good of many... I have not have to liked like that many of his movies, to be honest. I mean, uh, Under Siege 1's good. Um, Under Siege 2 has its moments. What else has he done? <laughs>
0: uh, I mean, like I mean, that was Hard to Kill and Mark for oh, Death yeah, or whatever, but... Yeah, Under Siege... but Under Siege They're all the
1: same. He's either a cop or he's a fucking Special Forces <laughs> guy. Like, but, that, like, but
0: that's what I mean. But that was the... But that the was best. The shit thing.
1: is when he was when he was pretending to be that fucking marshal in the was it like in that TV series. Or that, was re- that reality, sheriff.
0: the reality show, or yeah,
1: when he's yeah. being a fucking sheriff. Yeah, he's just, uh, I oh, just okay. I don't know. I just think he's so, much, so full of shit too. Just like um, oh, he like, is, he is. He's a keto. like that's the most biggest crock of shit I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> uh, Above the law, that's not a bad film. I'll give him that. Above the law is not bad. That's the one with Rico, I think. Exit wounds. Uh, yeah, no, Nico. Sorry, not Rico. I like um,
0: Exit wounds, and then half past dead. I give it a pass. Lerman,
1: I guess. I don't know. No, actually, I remember that one being bad. I, I don't know. And he doesn't have that many good, good films. Like, if you look at his nineties catalog, what has got? got? He made got fucking two. like five films in the nineties, and they're all fucking shit.
0: Yeah, I know, but he was still like he was still the the star that, but. Kurt Russell, you know, he was known as a bit of the horror guy and the cold
1: guy. Had to kill, kill sucks. I don't care. I'm sorry. I don't I, like
0: it. I, I, it does suck. I think they all suck. I don't even like Under Siege. All right. Casey Ryback's um, a shit name.
1: Yeah, it is a shit name. I have to tell you why that Under Siege works is of, um, what's his name? Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones,
0: 100%. And and um Gary Busey.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gary Busey. forgot about that. Gary Busey was in that too. Yeah. Okay. 100%. Um, the rest is, is just. The
0: fun fact, fun fact. I watched *Under Siege 2: Dark Territory* on a train between uh, Amsterdam and France. So there you go.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was hoping that we would get *Under Siege*, but we didn't. Because um, then I would have gone all kissy. Wait, right,
1: *Under Siege* has a subtitle.
0: *Under Siege 2: Dark Territory*.
1: When you they're on the, um, the when they're on
0: uh, the train. Are they on the train? Oh, wait,
1: yeah, they're me. on the train. Yeah. They're on the
0: train, that's right. Um, but anyway, back onto the executives. Yeah, well, that's what I mean,
1: <laughs> I'd rather have Wesley Snipe's career than fucking Steve Skulls. Hundred...
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Look, it's not but the thing is, he was still a name, right? Even with the couple movies he made, he was still a name, and they were still marketing the movie around Homeboy, and it was still a shock. Do you know what I mean? Like
1: Alpha oh, Justice isn't bad i, remember Drew, that. I was looking. Drew, sorry, I'm looking at his IMDb now. Okay, Alpha Drew Justice Barry, isn't bad. <laughs> Drew
0: Barry, Drew Barrymore in Scream. Okay, she was a child actress before that. She had a couple hits. But she wasn't. Yeah, she was a big name or whatever, and they killed her off straight away. But she wasn't like. I would argue that.
1: Sorry, who? What are you saying?
0: I was just mentioning, like you know, in Scream when they kill off Drew Barrymore in the oh, first, okay, ten minutes. Oh, yeah. okay, You know, it's, it's something. You know, she was a child actress. I was like, Wait, yeah, Drew you know, Barrymore
1: yeah. was not exactly. No, she is
0: now. But I'm, I'm just trying to compare the two. What I'm saying is, sure. like you know, here you got you've got a guy who always plays a marine or a cook. That's a marine, or you know, or whatever,
1: or a detective, or She's a or marine, a, whatever, yeah, whatever.
0: You, you got a guy who you know should be kicking ass and taking names. Yeah, correct. And you've got Kurt Russell, who, at this point, you're like, is there an alien on this thing? Yeah. You know, like... I get what you're saying. You know what I mean? And they played the characters out perfectly. And then they just axe him. And I love how... There was no real character.
1: Well, the thing is, everyone's making executive decisions. Steven Seagal made the executive decision that if he doesn't fucking close that hatch, they're all going to die, so... He closes Uh the hatch. (laughs) Yeah, well, true. I mean, it's so hokey, though. Like, fucking... You just, he, as soon as you see the hatch open, he's like, oh, well, here you go. This is, we know something's going to go wrong. Like, I just, like, I complain today that filmmakers don't um, give a lot of latitude uh, or a lot of um, inter- room for interpretation when they make films. that it's very literal in how they depict action sequences. But when you watch shit like this, it is kind of, um, no, they've been doing it forever. But, I mean, it's it was so just like, you can see it coming though, like when you I guess at the time, maybe because you just they didn't kill action uh, names, like you, you get that. But like when you're watching this again, like, it's like this is pretty predictable. Like it's, it, to me, is pretty pretty str- like I mean, he's he's the connection's not gonna last. They got to close the hatch, so he fucking does it. So like you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Fun fact. Um, <laughs> John Guadzamo, I'm, I'm probably butchering the last name, sorry, mate. Um, in his autobiography, uh, did you know that him and Kurt Russell got into a shoving match because uh, Johnny Boy is a bit of an improv guy and imp- and improvised a lot of his lines. The line that started the fight was when um, Kurt Russell's character takes his shoes off and he goes, hope the smell doesn't give us away. Hmm. Could you just imagine getting into a shoving match with Kurt Russell? Just, like, just improv all the time? And also, according to the same guy, according to Johnny, Steven Seagal physically attacked him during the filming in an effort to scare the cast and crew. So Johnny laughed at something that Seagal said, thinking it was a joke, but Seagal proved him
1: wrong by elbowing him against the wall. Yeah, that's why I've heard a lot of stuff <laughs> about cigar being a cock, so... Yeah. Probably, and that's half the reason why um, I think, uh, well, Sly didn't say it explicitly, but he said that's why he didn't do Expendables, because the guy was a wanker.
0: Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, according to this, it was because he was interviewed with producer Avi Lerner for the yeah, Expendables. Yeah, I
1: doubt club. that. I think that's the reality, is the guy's a cockhead. Um, and you can take that to the bank, Steve. Um... So, with Executive Decision, um, besides the massive swerve, what I also like about the story is that, um, it seems to have some sort of nuances around the, uh, tactical assault of a SWAT. So, like, they do recon first, and then they make up a plan, and then they execute, um... And there's a lot of things I feel like that actually serve the story. I mean, there is a lot, like, believe me, you're going to have to make some fucking leaps of faith here. The fact that they can assemble a team in Washington, then get them onto a plane to inter- inter- intercept a jetliner flying from Europe. Like, it's like a lot of, yeah, you know, it's a bit the, the timeline of this kind of doesn't match up. But if you can just go for the ride when they're on the plane and how they got to find the bomb and they're trying to defuse the bomb, but they can't storm the plane because there's an, one of the passengers is holding a device so that they could trigger the bomb at any time. And the reason why, why don't they just blow up the plane over the Atlantic? Is well, they can't because it carries a, the bomb has got an actual toxin on it. And this toxin will actually form like will form a cloud and drift over the eastern seaboard of the States. Um, and then they see these um, the Tomcats. I love the fucking Tomcats. I think they're F14 Tomcats or F18 Tomcats. I'm not sure. Um, beautiful planes come up next to them they're going to block the plane uh, unless they comply with the um the part the uh, fighter jets commands and then they find that out so then they find out a way to do morse code to signal to the fighter jets that they're on the plane not to blow it up and then they make the executive decision not let them try and do the job it's fucking just just it's just I don't know, I enjoy the story a lot more when it isn't just a guy swinging his dick around to prove how alpha he is. And then I guess the only hokey thing is that um, the end where they... Um, when uh, Kurt Russell is fighting the, the, the passenger over the electronic device to prevent the bomb from from blowing up, um, but the passenger eventually does pull, pull the trigger, but the guy defusing the bomb uses his lo- 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 lollipop stick to prevent it from exploding. Um, so I was like, oh yeah, okay. But I mean, whatever. And then the double fake out of the, um, of the terrorist being dead, but then he's not dead. So then he shoots, he shoots the, uh. Mm-hmm. He shoots the pilots and he's got to land the plane it's like oh my god like uh, no. I, I didn't mind that terrorist sorry yeah Wait, that, that, that's was what right. i mean boy it was um again the actor uh who's playing Hassan was like a fucking a good actor like he was a fucking legit no fuck around he's he's well i think he's english i'm pretty sure he's actually born. You felt that
0: yeah, you felt that he's shift. a- legit,
1: he's a he's a theater actor he's a fucking actor, so that's yeah. why you have you can tell when these nineties films when they cheap out or when they actually go to fucking and they cast it properly, it just elevates the whole fucking material so much more so much more
0: yeah it, it was really good because he you know he was cool calm and collected and then mm. when he had that <clears throat> little uh i guess the anger spat. Um, you know, you when he killed his own mate, you huh. you definitely felt that tension. I was like, "Oh shit, man, this guy means business."
1: Hurry mm. up, Kurt Russell, save him all. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I also think uh, Haley Berry was a pretty good performer in like, hundred percent. Um, so you just have a really good cast, uh, a really good supporting cast. You have, Dyson from Terminator Two, who's doing the same shit as he was in Terminator 2
0: um, just getting injured and <laughs> good old Joe Morton uh. um,
1: and the, the 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 whole situation is that the timeline that they've got to make sure they take control of the plane before it gets past that um, timeline because then there's no turning back and then there's also the um, you know the threat that they're going to get blown up by the US Air Force and then the threat they're going to get blown up by the terrorists so these guys are just no fuck around dudes and when they storm the plane when they storm the plane it's pretty cool with the fucking they jump down and they with the with the cords and they've got the night vision on and they, and they're just like dropping blokes left and center so i I feel like it's um elevated material, and to me I would say it's probably. I don't know. I I would say it's probably a must-see for any um, fan of action genre. Must-see.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, it's a a good movie, man. Sorry, I'm just looking at this photo of um, Steven Seagal at the event for executive decision
1: wearing (laughs) his his
0: full full gimmick with his beads and shit. It's like, bro, come on, man.
1: That's cultural I'll, appropriation. Like you just he dresses like a Japanese man. It's like, man, you're not Japanese. Like
0: man, you are not Japanese. Next, is gonna pull a katana out and stuff. Um, yeah, whatever. Um, no, I'm not gonna let it go. I'm not gonna let it go, man. Um, no, nah, look, I think it's yeah, it's a really good, really good movie. And I think you you did say it. They're a really good supporting cast as well. Um, you know, even mm-hmm. uh, like I mentioned, Oliver Platt, he plays the the engineer, um, I forget his character's name, uh, Kale, um, with the stick uh, that you mentioned, the little lollipop stick. I thought he was a good little, uh, yeah, a good little character. He was annoying at the beginning, but you know, settled down and proved his worth. BD Wong, um, another actor who—he
1: oh, was a massive star in the nineties. He was he heaps of shit. That guy,
0: BD Wong, yeah, he was. Yeah. A, oh, Jurassic park and stuff yeah but he was he was in everything he was in everything and then was it on law and order he came yeah. out
1: yeah he was yes, yeah, yeah
0: yeah um so he was really good as just you know another face in in the group of uh soldiers but he was still really good um luigi from the mario brothers i've mentioned you know he <laughs> he did well as well i I just think sometimes when you have these action movies you know, you have the one star and then just like we had in Passenger 57, mm. the one star and everyone else is just kind of there and not really doing too much. But whereas this this was an ensemble effort, even though, yeah, Kurt Russell was a star, I think everyone in that movie played their parts really well. Um, Halle Berry just, mm-hmm, ba- mm-hmm. They just made it like 100%, you know, watchable, re-watchable and yeah, good, good 90s action movie, mate.
1: Yeah, and, and to your point, it's like, you're not hanging to have... Like, say, for Password 57, you're pretty much watching it for Wesley Snipes and you just kind of want to see Wesley Snipes. In this, it's more of a rounded film and you're just enjoying it more. Um, f- it's thoroughly rewatchable as well. So I've seen this probably more times than I've seen Password 57. Um, yeah, but, sorry. Well, um, I guess... I guess it just... Like it's it's only you watch every couple of years or maybe I don't know every five years I don't know whatever you do, but you, when you watch it you still you still engaged you still like you're liking it and you remember, remember reminiscing about things, um, and you just you go for the right I mean to personally I feel like it's one of Kurt Russell's, um finest films um, with, to, with Tombstone with the Thing um, with uh, Stargate you know you you name it. Um, and I probably would say it's probably one of his most serious performances um, because he's not—he's not—you um, know—he's not with a submachine guns in a sleeveless tank top oiled up with machine gun oil, fucking just mowing down people. It's a—he's an analyst. He wears glasses. He's in a tuxedo. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he's so a duck funny. out of water. Um, Who the fuck is this? James Bond? Yeah. <laughs> And I guess that's also one thing I like about what well, I find Kurt Russell so endearing is the fact that um he uh he doesn't have that atypical um super muscle fucking steroid 7 foot tall he's an uh, every man action hero he's just a guy right <laughs> uh, he's just a guy <laughs> like he, if you he, in like in Tango and Cash you see you see the shredded fucking um so slice the Sloan, you, know, you see the sort of the the, the the not chubby, but he's not he's not fucking toned by any stretch of the imagination. Look, Look he's, not just, he's not just
0: eating chicken and broccoli, all right? He's gone to the gym, but he's downing like 10 pizzas a day, you
1: know. Oh, he's drinking six packs every night, he's, <laughs> he's having, just a, fucking watching he's having a good time, he's having, he's having a good time, he's eating chicken wings, you know. He, he's just a man. He,
0: he goes to the gym, he does chest, he does buys, tries, what yeah. bench down, goes home, What? Hundred percent. Maybe a bit of shoulders. That's about it.
1: That is about it. Um. All right, listeners. If I would say, if I would say, to one thing is you have to probably view both films for the through the prism of them being nineties films. So they're going to be hokey. They're not going to be as slick as today's standards. Um, and you have to suspend disbelief because you have to take a lot of logic leaps, especially with executive decision. Like, even Passion Fifty Seven, like why the fuck would that guy get back on the plane? I don't know. He's is a fucking superhero, but let's get real, right? Um, and if you if you can just go for the ride, which you know, if you can believe that Thor is a real superhero, then you can believe Kurt Russell can coordinate a tactical strike and take over a 747 being held hostage by a Islamic extremist. (laughs) So with that said, uh, Phony, would you recommend these films? And if you had to maybe choose one over the other, I don't know, would you, which one would you say if they had, if they only had time to watch one, which one would you recommend?
0: Uh, watch executive decision. Um, I mean, it is a better all round movie. Yeah. Even though I am more, yeah, Wesley Snipes is my boy, but definitely watch Executive Decision. Uh, but I would recommend both movies. Just the fact that, you know, it's just, man, it, the, what else is there to do in this day and age right now? Just sit down, get your streaming service.
1: Mm.
0: You know, you want to watch some 90s action movies. You don't have mm-hmm. to think. You just put your feet up, pop some popcorn, look at these muscular physiques and go, where did I go wrong today? hundred percent. Watch both movies; they're both good. Yeah. I mean, good, you know, but they're not like good movies, but they're good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, it's what we do. It's what we do here. Uh, this is I concur. I'd say if you only had time to watch one film, it's probably Passenger. Uh, sorry, not Executive Decision, not Passenger Fifty Seven. Uh, but having said that, I don't mean to discredit Passenger Fifty Seven at all. It's, it is just a It's a little cut cloth. Um, So if you're a fan of Wesley Snipes, definitely make sure you check it out. Um, And um, I can't give it more sort of a referral than that, can I? If I say, if I more endorsement than uh, Sandboy saying check it out, because apparently I hate everything. And oh, who
0: said that? (laughs) I don't hate everything. Come on, man. Come on. You like you like hating things. That's something. (laughs)
1: oh i just hate garbage stuff. i i I just feel like yeah we just modern stuff isn't as good as what they used to do but anyway
0: can can i finish this on a personal quote from steven seagal (coughs) so i am hold on (coughs) i am hoping that i can be known as a great writer and actor someday rather than a sex symbol well, mate, have you have you seen yourself lately? I don't think you have to worry about being any of those. <laughs> oh,
1: boom! You just <laughs> and, uh, and with that, listeners, as always, you can find us on SoundCloud, Twitter, iTunes. it um, thank you very much. No
0: worries, mate. Anytime. Take it easy, listeners. Ciao, ciao.